0: And how? Hughes and Kate will break it down for you now.
1: No chit-chat, Kate. That's what? it. No. None of it. We're but. not doing any of that little bantery oh. thing oh. Oh. that we okay. do at the beginning of the podcast. You know oh. why? Why? We're just going to get right down to it. What's this podcast about? Children's picture books. Very good. What do we talk about with them? The pictures in the books. And whether they're what? Good. And not good good right exactly <laughs> and if they're classics or not that is great like now the reason <laughs> the reason i am diving right into this is so last week on the podcast uh you had challenged me to find you a bad picture book you, you said that I did. but then you changed your mind um because of events around the country and you said to me privately not on the podcast but you said to me Maybe we should do something that ties into the current protests that are sweeping the nation right now, which I thought was a very good idea around the Black Lives Matters movement. I, I thought that was brilliant. I was like, yes, uh, because we did the last one. We did was a fish out of water. I love a fish out of water. It's not the most pertinent book to be talking about right very, now. Not very controversial. Really doesn't have anything to say uh, in the national dialogue. So you have no idea how much I struggled with this subsequent request um, because I could not. I was had to find a book and it had to it could be about the power of protests um it could be about the black experience, it could be about white privilege um but here's and if i had if my library was open, I could maybe get a book like that maybe, but here's the thing like I really had a hard time figuring out what, what angle to take on this um At first I thought, well, we could do uh, a book called Smoky Night by Eve Bunting, illustrated by the now Me Too'd David Diaz. But that book's about rioting? And that's not the book I want to do. No. Um, Then I thought, well, there's this book I have right here. Um, It's a fantastic collection. It is Tales for Little Rebels, a collection of radical children's literature by Julia Mickenberg and and Phil now, because the problem with this podcast, Kate, is that we're looking for books that are at least 20 years old. Right. And the fact of the matter is the best books, in my opinion, on the current state of the world today have been written in the last 10 years. But I went through this book, which is basically, it's a compendium of radical children's picture books and other books for kids that go through, like, everything from union organizations to um, feminism to, you know, the hot books. It's great. I did find a book in there. It was about an ostrich who always stuck his head in the sand when everyone else was goose-stepping. Really not pertinent, again, to what we're talking about here. And uh, I thought, well, what about a book uh, that's critical of the police? That doesn't really exist in the picture book realm of children's literature. And then finally it hit me. We just, just do a classic picture book about the black experience. Um, a book perhaps that's even weirdly honest for its era. Maybe one by a great writer, uh, maybe one that's actually in print right now. And to my mind, there are so few books that fill those categories, but there is one. And I will pull it out of my bag now. Boo! Little Man,
0: Little
1: Man. By? James Baldwin. And illustrated by? Joran Kazak? Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. I don't it's know. It's as good a guess as anything. Yes, the James Baldwin. The only picture book he ever wrote for children. Ever. Really? Yeah, he never wrote for kids and go read that book okay okay while kate does her read let's get a little background information on this book so in 2018 duke university press republished baldwin's as i said sole contribution to the field of children's literature which was little man little man a story of childhood which was originally published by dial back in 1976 and then subsequently sort of disappeared from view Now, in this new edition, you'll find there is a foreword by Tejan Karifa Smart, who is Baldwin's nephew and the kid who made it all happen by bugging his uncle to write a book about him. Which, uh, you know, Baldwin at the time was living in France, but you know, Baldwin complied and he even named the hero of the book TJ. And I cannot think of a more clear cut example of a kid not seeing him himself in the books of the time and then taking the time to tell his famous author uncle to correct a long-standing ill. So at the beginning of the book, the editors discuss the canon of the 20th century African-American children's literature. Um, Of course, the Brownies Book Magazine, they bring that up. And then it continues through children's books of Langston Hughes and Julius Lester and Faith Ringgold and Toni Morrison. And these choices are very telling because in each case, they highlight an artist that worked primarily in the realm of adult literature, and then who picked up work for kids sort of on the side. They don't mention the Pinkneys or the Dillons or the Steptoes or anyone like that. And this speaks very much to sort of my own personal prejudice against adult authors that write for kids on occasion. Um, because too often you'll see sort of an adult for a writer for adults kind of slumming it in the, in the children's literature realm. But I think the exception to the rules are people like James Baldwin. Um, because he only did one book ostensibly for kids. And I think it speaks very well for him. Uh, this was not the normal route to take. He took it, and it turned out very well for all of us. And we're back. Hello. Hello. It's a long book. It's uh, well, how many pages? What ninety-two, um, ninety-six? Something like that. 90... Well,
0: it was ninety-eight
1: if you 98. include the contributors and There's the afterword. There's a lot of and... afterward and contributors and introduction, and so yeah, the actual book itself is less. It's not broken up into chapters per se. No. So I couldn't, re- I mean, where would you put it in a library, Kate? Where would you put it in a library? I rely on the experts to answer that question. Doggone uh, it. The experts don't <laughs> want to answer the question, but yes. <laughs> some people put it in the early chapter book section. Some people would put it in the straight up fiction section and some people would put it in the picture book section. So fiction. Oh yeah. There are a lot, there are picture books in the fiction section that are just considered too old. Someday we'll do The Wolves in the City, the most disturbing book you'll literally ever encounter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but not today. Today we are looking at Little Man, Little Man. Yeah. So what happens in this yearbook?
0: It's it's more of a, the stream of consciousness of a five-year-old, but it's not told in the voice of the five-year-old. Right. But he is the main
1: character. hmm And I like how- So it's like a Ulysses of a kid. A what? You know, Ulysses, which is like a stream of consciousness book. Uh, yeah. But in this case, it comes from a kid, which makes perfect sense because that's how a kid sees the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like that it's not perfect grammar. It's kind of written in the way someone would speak. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was criticized because um, people said it was written in black speech and that that was, a, that was a terrible thing and you shouldn't do that when, in fact, it's not a terrible thing and it really helps the writing of the book. Yeah. It's, well, it's lyrical. Yeah. Yeah. One thing one thing I didn't like though mm-hmm.
0: is at the very beginning where they're introducing Mr. Man who lives in the basement with Miss Lee. Mm-hmm. He always takes out the garbage cans, but it says <laughs> He's got to be about thirty seven.
1: I mean, he's getting pretty old and I was like, What? <laughs> 37?
0: Oh. oh, why is that old? How the Worm
1: Turns. Yeah, that's one of those jokes for adults, I think, that he slipped in there. Because <laughs> a the kid wouldn't even blink about that. Like, yeah, 37, I mean, well, you're like, on death's door. Right? Yeah, I know, yeah. but I
0: used to think, and I still kind of think 37 is old.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: like two years away. <laughs> yeah.
1: I remember 37. It was super nice. Okay.
0: Long ago. It's interesting because some of the pages... Um, like the sentence will finish on that page. Mm-hmm. But on this page, um, page five, it says, but TJ, no, he see him all the time,
1: even when... And then you have to flip the page. That would normally drive me crazy. For some reason, it doesn't... He it doesn't it's do the... it Because it's the, bra- the, the, the little engine that could did it, and it drove me up the frickin' wall. But I think that's partly because there were so few sentences. Mm. And in this case, I'm like, but it kind of fits the dreamlike structure of the writing. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's he's not going to just end there. He's just going to keep on going with his sentence. This is the original, I mean, in every way, the design, everything is the original to the book um, when it first came out in the 70s. So this reprint did not change in any way, shape, or form The where the sentence breaks went, for example.
0: Okay. Okay. Um... <laughs> One other thing I did not like what? was when uh, they're describing the girl Blinky. I like Blinky. who has um, these sunglasses that she wears. But in the in, in the narrator is saying in for TJ, who the five year old, he doesn't understand how she can see out of them. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, you know, she's she <laughs> she she eight years old. She ought to know better. But she a girl,
1: and I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> what, I- what? Yeah, are- that hasn't aged so well, has well, it? What is that about? Yeah, I know, right? Well, little five-year-old boy is gonna be making all these comments about girls, but
0: but also, yeah. I can I'm trying to understand what kind of glasses she has because they don't seem like regular sunglasses. No, they don't, and I don't know. I mean, they seem like kind of like. If you were to look through a kaleidoscope, you know how the glass is all.
1: Yeah. It it seems so in 1976. These glasses sound awesome. I would love to see them, but I they don't sound like normal sunglasses. No. I do think that this is the first
0: children's book you've given me that has the word ass in it. Okay, so
1: here's the thing about (laughs) the word ass. It is in a lot of children's books. Really? Uh, Peter Pan and James and the Giant Peach. It gets they go they get banned on a regular basis because yeah you silly ass which is like a british thing you silly ass you know this i think actually refers to ass as your butt right Right. yeah that is unique uh but you know it's been in children's books before it's fine it's a freaking donkey half the time just it's fine yeah i don't care but yeah it is unexpected yeah
0: But And then there's also parts of the text where some of it is bolded and some of it isn't, and it's not consistent. Yes. Like, sometimes you think it's like, okay, we're going to start talking about this new thing. This is going to be bolded. And then other times it's like, I just want to emphasize this part of the sentence. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's almost, it's just an artistic choice. I don't think it's, it's not where you would stress the syllables necessarily, or even highlights a new idea. It's just... It's wherever he wanted to do it, essentially. Right. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But
0: then for a good, what, five pages from pages 12 to 17, TJ kind of lets his imagination run wild with this police scenario. And that is why I chose the book today. So he, this, this fake police scenario that he imagines is incredibly sad. i um, I can't imagine, like... I mean, this kid has must have seen people die in his neighborhood, on his street, Mm -hmm. which is not something I would have thought kids would play out in their heads, but I'm sure it's real for a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, what happens is he's he's looking at his street, and it's very long, and he's imagining, like, you know, he's like, oh, it's like one of those streets that you would see in movies or on TV, and if there was a cop on one and a cop in the other... There's a man that they're trying to get who's exactly in the middle. Where exactly could he hide? Mm-hmm. And he's describing the street. He's describing the buildings. Um, he's describing like where the man could go. Would he hide in the church? Would he hide in the candy store? Would he hide in TJ's house? TJ's house is in the middle of the block. So he could turn now and look the other way. He's going through all these different scenarios, but eventually it says... Uh, you know if the man is running down the street it says sometime he run down the middle of the street and the guns go pow and blam he fallen. maybe he turn over twice before he hiccup and don't move no more sometime he comes somersaulting down from the fire escape sometime it, it from the roof and then he scream and i'm like holy moly mm-hmm. like this is a 5 year old that mm-hmm. would be imagining this and i'm sure it's quite real but then it segues into oh, right, I'm back to reality, I'm back to what I'm thinking. It's just this five-year-old's imagination, his
1: train of thought, and then, oh, he's back into what he was doing before. Um, And that right there is the only time in any children's book from the past I've ever found any evidence of, yeah, police brutality against black people which has just worked in there. And if you'll notice along the sides, and I thought that was such an interesting choice. He um, has it like a film reel. Well, but before that, I think it's like TV screens, right? So first it's like a TV show, and then it's like a film strip. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I almost wonder if like those were put in there to be like, oh, it's okay. He's just imagining like the stuff he's seen on TV or like movies. But I think, and I think that's there if you want to see it that way. But I think that if you know perfectly well that this is stuff that he would have first-hand experience with it, mm-hmm. then you know no this isn't maybe if you want to believe it's like the movie in his mind sure right but no this is this is his reality yeah, which is incredibly sad yeah and
0: stuff I wouldn't have thought a five year old would be familiar with but nope but it's real it's real and then they talk about um, how there's some boys on the block who We'll sit on the stoop play cards and shoot crap
1: and i was like gambling in a children's book okay shooting craps yeah but that now that is that is so much what a kid would just pass on the street yeah i mean yeah you just see people shooting some dice on the street that just makes perfect sense but again i was like gambling in a children's book hmm. okay yeah sure and then oh well wow, you get gambling in children's
0: books all the time see, i mean this is not another children's books. okay it says You know, they go up on the roof or they go behind the stairs and they shoot that dope in their veins and they come out and sit on the stoop Mm -hmm. and look like they've gone to sleep. And I was like, drug use in a children's
1: book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Again, not something that I would have thought as a five-year-old I would know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Because a few pages later they talk about um, WT who mm-hmm. slaps his brother and curses him and calls him every name in the book because W.T.'s brother is that type who sits on the stoop with his eyes glazed. And I was wondering, like, do you think he was beating his brother to, like, keep him alive, or is he reprimanding
1: him? I think he's reprimanding. I think he's trying to slap him out of it, out of it. But it's an addiction. And, right. you know, and, and W.T.'s not that old, right? He's just a kid right? Well, trying uh, to get his brother out yeah. of it. Yeah. So, you know.
0: But speaking of
1: WT, does he have a
0: crush on Blinky, the I think girl? he totally
1: has a crush on Blinky. It's so
0: cute because at one point, so Mr. Man has this record player that, Mr. Man's in the basement, mm-hmm. and he has a record player that plays music, and they can hear it, and Blinky likes to, st- to dance, mm-hmm. and so she'll start dancing, and then it says, WT, he do everything Blinky do, so he start dancing too, and I was like...
1: Oh, well, that's cute. Yeah. he's dancing because she wants to dance. Blinky's like my favorite character in the whole book, honestly. Really? Oh, yeah. I love Blinky. I think Blinky has a really interesting take on stuff. Plus, she's got those sunglasses, which are just amazing. You think she has an interest? I don't think she's that relevant of a character. I don't know. I She's always watching. She right. has, she's like the outside observer. She has, I think she has more of a clue about what things are going on than.
0: Well, cause she's the oldest, but that too. I feel like WT is more there for TJ than she is.
1: Yes. I would agree. Um,
0: I mean, I feel like he's more of the overlooker. I mean, she's there, but she's no, not. I don't
1: think she's sisterly, but I think she knows what's going on better than other people do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this interesting side plot with Miss Lee. Oh, Miss Lee. Who is Mr. Man's wife. Right. Um, You know, she's described as very beautiful, Mm -hmm. but sometimes she walks and she just looks sad. And then it mentions that she throws out two bottles and has one in a paper bag. Mm -hmm. So immediately I'm like, is she an
1: alcoholic? I mean, that was always my interpretation that, yeah, she has an alcohol problem that she's trying to hide from her husband. Right. Yeah. Which it kind of gets into more later. Yeah.
0: there. I wonder if there's a misprint in here, though, because on page 40, um, TJ is talking about, well, the narrator and the voice of TJ mm-hmm. is talking about Miss Beanpole, who's their neighbor that sits by the window and yeah. sometimes has them go to the store. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to describe Miss Beanpole's color because he likes to describe different type of color of black for each character, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Like, Miss Lee is a, what is she, like a combination of, she's a combination of honey and watermelon, Hmm. which I thought that was like a really interesting description. Mm -hmm. But then when talking about Miss Beanpole, um, it says she looks, a little bit a little a little bit white a little bit colored kind of more white on top than she is around the mouth but she probably more white than colored TJ's more colored than is but he don't know and i was like no wait what huh. he's more colored than and then there's two spaces
1: and then it says is more colored than is Oh, darn it. Now I wish I had an original edition of the book to compare. But I assume that's... If that's a typo, it's an orig- It's from the original, I would assume. I'm not sure it is a typo, necessarily.
0: There's only more one colored. other place that has two spaces,
1: but mm-hmm. it makes
0: sense. This is the one that I was like... It, is. it seems like it's missing something. Maybe. TJ TJ's more colored than is.
1: TJ's more colored than is. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: Interesting. But... Ms Beanpole will make t j like walk five three to five blocks for a penny or two, and Miss Lee will give a nickel and she'll make sure that the kid uh doesn't go alone, yeah.
1: So I'm all about Miss Lee because right. she's definitely the smarter of the two women. <laughs> well, however, this is too. This is at a time when, like, kids were just walking down streets by themselves and nobody thought boo about Betsy, it. Betsy, would you take a five-year-old? Not today. <laughs> but back then, kids were walking all the time out by themselves. Nobody said anything about it. Five years old. No, I'm not arguing that Miss <laughs> Lee is the better approach. I'm just saying, but not
0: I, unusual. But I do like how Miss Beanpole who is not her real name, which I think is
1: funny, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. want to know what
0: her real name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like that she smells like peanuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I like the kid details about it all. I like his observations just seem real tuned in to what a kid would notice.
0: Yeah, when he goes to Miss Beanpole's place so she can give him money to go to the store, he's standing in her living room and just kind of looking around. Yeah. And then he's like, "There's, there could definitely be someone hiding in here. Yeah, like yeah, I, bet, yeah, yeah. I bet there's someone hiding here right now, and the reason that she never goes out is because she's watching over this, over this person that's hiding, and then and then that 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 iron stick that is leaned up
1: against the door, it's like she, parasite, she or would something like,
0: <laughs> you know, like hit hit the person that's trying to, and it's like. His imagine, I love that his imagination just kind of runs wild, yep. and then he comes back to reality. Like, mm-hmm. oh, right, yeah, <laughs> no, right. I think I'm supposed to be doing because right, okay. yeah. I do the same thing, and I'm not five years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right,
1: <laughs> you're never going to outgrow a kid.
0: But it's interesting because while he's describing Miss Beanpole's living room with like the different pictures, the table with the open Bible and the lamp and the rocking chair, then it goes into a two page spread Mm -hmm. with no words and this is the first time it breaks into that which i thought was an interesting shift
1: yeah so i should say the artist is french abstract artist joran kazak um who met james baldwin in france and had never been to new york city in any way shape or form he'd certainly never been to harlem um and so but it didn't matter baldwin liked his style and so, you know, he showed him, like, you know, pictures and books of stuff in New York, and, and he just wanted him to make his art whatever the way he wanted to make art. So, he did. It's not the most accurate depiction of Harlem you'll ever see, but it's not woefully inaccurate. It's just, the he's better at people, I'd say, than, and he gets brownstones, right? So, hmm. but Lenox Avenue does not look like that. Okay, <laughs> right.
0: Well... Again, it's like his, his narrative is the stream of consciousness. And mm-hmm. as soon as he, you know, stops looking around the room, Ms. Beanpole gives him some money to go get some cheese and some bread. And then he's off thinking about his family. And then again, there's a break in the narrative. And it's a two-page spread of TJ and his mom and dad.
1: Yeah, I really like that picture, actually. And maybe my favorite picture in the book. Where it's just, it's just his family. And that's all it is. It just shows he's got a great family. He's got a mom. He's got a dad. who love him. It's just his life. I like when he was thinking about um, when he lays in bed and he
0: can't hear his mom and dad in the other room. He gets scared mm-hmm. because he's afraid that they might have left him. Yeah. But he knows that that's not the case. And then it talks about other living situations, mm-hmm. like um, WT, his dad is gone and his mom works late at, you know, Mm -hmm. until late at night, so she's never around, and then Blinky lives with her aunt because her mom went away with somebody, Mm -hmm. so it's, I like that you learn about different living situations because I don't think that's, these types of situations are ever seen in kids books. You might learn about, like, mom and mom, dad and dad, Mm -hmm. live with my grandparents, but you don't see, like, I never see my parents because one is gone and one works all the time, or I have to live with another family member because my it's mom left me. It's exceedingly rare yeah. to see in picture books. That's absolutely true. Again, yeah. it gets like really honest and
1: sad, yeah, but but truthful. Yeah. And I feel like his tone goes up far ways. Like when you say the plot out loud and you're an adult, I think you really get some of the sadness that could be in this, but TJ, I don't think, feels sad most of the time. I mean, he's just, this is just his life, and and he enjoys it. And, you know, it's just the world that's around him. He's he's not happy or sad about it. It's just, this is his world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite line in this entire book is his mom's advice to him. Mm -hmm. His mom says, read everything, son. Everything you can get your hands on, it all comes in handy one day. Which I thought was, A, really good advice, B, a really good line, and C, I kind of wish I had been, like, reminded of that when I was a kid, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you understand that he's being told this advice for a completely different reason than,
1: like, I would have been told this advice. Right. But here's my slight qualm. Okay. Qualm well, it up. We're um, we into to the glass? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Not at the glass. At a potential clown? What?
0: No! Is this or is it not? So, so right, so TJ is going to the store. Well, all three of them are going to the store. Mm-hmm. And they stop off at this um, grocery store where um, the cashier speaks Spanish. And it's a, it's a two page spread of the store and the different things that he sells. But in the lower right hand corner, it's not colored in,
1: but I feel like that's a clown. See, I think if you don't have color, you automatically lose your clown status. What? You can't have a non-colorful clown. He doesn't color just an everything. Hour. I mean, he doesn't color the bananas. Yeah, but it's not the point. It's, I can't accept that as so a clown. So you agree it's a
0: clown. Okay. No. Just making sure this, we're on the same page. It could be page. anything. No, I really appreciate it. It could but be a blue for you. all you
1: know. I don't know. So,
0: right. So you mentioned the glass, right? Yes. So they come back... He gives Miss Beanpole her cheese and her bread. He's, um, you know, they go and get some bubble gum, and then he's playing with his ball again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He throws it up really high, and it says that it, he, it, he rises up and something comes down, but it's not the ball. It flashes, flashes, flashes all over his head like lightning, like thunder. It crashes at his feet, it, like a big explosion, like a bomb falling on him. And I was like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, did he throw the ball into a glass window? And yeah. Then, that would certainly feel that that's way. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, but then so right, so there's all this glass falling. He's okay. He's just TJ's just crying because I would be too. If well, it's yeah. raining glass. Yeah. <laughs> um, but WT is there. He's like, okay, you're good. But because WT's shoe um didn't have and he's soles on the right, bottom. Right, right, yeah. He stepped on the glass, which then, you know, obviously you're going to bleed if you Pierces step on the glass. Pierces yeah. foot. Yeah. So then he's got blood everywhere. He looks like he's going to vomit. Immediately they go to Mr. Man's apartment um, and they knock on the door and he's like, well, what do you want? And then he sees exactly what happened and he immediately brings WT to the bed, takes off his sneaker, um, and he says, what happened? And they say a bottle fell off the roof roof. That's what Blinky says. Right. Which if you're making the case that she sees everything. No, she sees everything. She
1: and she probably knows exactly why the bottle fell off the roof, honestly.
0: And Mr. Man looks up and it says he looked scared all of a sudden and sick. And he says, Off this roof? She said, I think so. We was just about uh in front of the house. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where it starts getting Oh no! Yeah, yeah, not Miss Lee. (laughs) Uh, It's Miss Lee. So, Mr. Man stays incredibly calm, which I really appreciate because Mm -hmm. you know you've got three kids who are kind of freaking out. There's blood everywhere, Mm -hmm. and Mr. Man is like, "Just be cool. We'll have it fixed in a minute."
1: Yeah, like it's he's such an interesting character. I mean, this is a good example of a character where you don't see much of him, but he's so well rounded and there's so much depth and. Oh my gosh. Like he, and you're reading this, if you were reading this to a kid, the kid's getting it on one level and the adults are getting it on a whole Mm -hmm. different level that what's going on. Yeah.
0: Because he tells the kids, um, you know, go get Miss Lee. And so Miss Lee comes and she sees what's going on. um, And as she starts to, you know, clean up the wound, Blinky asks, Did you used to be a nurse? And it says, Miss Lee, don't look up. She keep on with what she's doing. And then she says, "Yes." She look quick at Mister Man before I got married. Right. Which I was like, "Oh,
1: did he make yeah. her quit her job?" That's, that's exactly what I get from that. Yeah. Oh. He made her quit her job, and now she's got nothing to do. So and she's so bored out of her skull, drinks. and she drinks. And you right, know, mm-hmm. because
0: there's there's a mention of where she says she, she I don't know why she was going to offer the kids gin. But she says we ain't got no gin, but we can give you a Pepsi Cola. Would you like that? WT says yes.
1: And oh, like, I would have thought the gin to clean the wound, but okay. right, yeah, but you're right. Or,
0: or if it's to like kind of like muster up your, you know, like when yeah. you take a like a swig of scotch or something. Oh, right, right, like right, right, right. Yeah, to numb get your, the pain. Yeah, or to get like get your spirits back together, mm-hmm. you know? Get, yeah, but, but if
1: we, you wouldn't do that with gin. Gin tastes terrible.
0: Right, oh. but then Mr. Man says, "But we had some gin this morning," and he looked at her real hard. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh, there's like some underlying conversations that yep. are happening. Yep,
1: it's all in the pauses and the stairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause then he goes to turn on the record
0: player. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as so he turns on the record player, but then Miss Lee starts crying and TJ asks Blinky, why is she crying? And Blinky says, She's been sick. She real sick. And then W T look, WT looks at Miss Lee. And Mr. Man, and he starts shivering. And at that point, Mr. Man, it says, say real low and evil between his teeth. I've been telling you about that roof. One of these days, I'm going to have to put you away again. Right. So that makes it
1: feel like she's had mental issues and he had her committed at some point. I thought it was more rehab. Maybe. Rehab. Rehab. Would be a nicer of the two. Yeah, I mean if he can see she's addicted to yeah. alcohol. Yeah, I mean I don't usually hear the term put it put, put you, you away, away. but right. I guess you could. Yeah, you could hear rehab as that. Yeah,
0: but through all this drama and chaos and mm-hmm. the blood and the anger, um, you know, trying to kind of lighten up the mood, Blinky starts dancing. Yeah, she tells WT that. You better start walking, little man. And then she starts moving and she starts dancing um, because you know she wants to make WT smile. And then TJ realizes, oh, if I do this certain dance move, I know WT is going to start smiling. And he does. And at that point, like, Miss Lee laughs a little. And Mr. Man puts her arm around her. And it's kind of like,
1: oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a nice yeah, yeah, sigh yeah. of
0: relief, like. Okay,
1: it's going to be. But you okay. don't think Blinky knew exactly what she was doing when she started dancing, knowing that that was going to be what would lead to all that? Yeah, yeah. yeah she see, she... I think she's got a real clue onto the, these situations. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah, it's that's. There's so much in this book, but there's <laughs> but there's no plot. It's just ah, funny. You should mention that. So when it came out, first of all, uh, they didn't really advertise it as for kids necessarily. It called it. A, children, a child story for adults, but then other people disagreed and said it was for children. I mean, he wrote it for his nephew, so clearly he wrote it for kids, but it has drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, possibly physical abuse. We don't know, um, you know, slight language, you know, situations you wouldn't normally encounter. I should have looked up other children's books that came out the same year to compare it to. Um, but it's not a Fluffy Bunnies book. It's not all about little cutesy Fluffy Bunnies. And when it came out, Julius Lester, great, you know, black children's author himself, eventually, um, though he wrote for adults at this time, he he said in the New York Times review of this book that the book has, quote, no storyline and lacks intensity and focus. What Oh, I would disagree with that. uh, Exactly, right?
0: I I agree that there's no, like, plot, but there is definitely intensity. And really, like, the plot, well, it kind of has a plot because it's... It's the mind of a five-year-old.
1: And I think it's like the course of a day, right? It's just like this is an average day, which is a plot. I mean, there's plenty of kids' books. I mean, The Snowy Day has no plot if you want to get down to it. It's, it snows, kid goes out and plays, and snow goes to bed. Next day, it goes out again. Like, that's not a plot-forward book, but that doesn't matter because the book itself is so good. There was actually a really good um, PW piece called James Baldwin's Soul children's book comes back into print. And there was this NYU professor named Nicholas Boggs. And he said something that really kind of ties this book into our era right now. So he said, in an era of Black Lives Matter, readers are ready to think about how children inevitably confront challenging social issues, but it's not all doom and gloom. Instead, the book gives children a playful way to recognize and navigate obstacles in their lives, which I thought was a really nice sort of take on the book because mm-hmm. it's not all like look at the depressing lives of these these poor children that have to live no the, the kids are happy <laughs> they, they 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 play have, jump rope they play jump rope they've they got, got you they know, they go I, people who care about them they've got a neighborhood that in a way is really looking out for them whether mm-hmm. it's Mrs. Beanpoles, so Outer her window or you know Mr. Man mm-hmm. you know it's there's there's people they know people they can trust who they they see probably every day mm-hmm and so one thing I'd like to see with this book, um, nothing against the art. The art's fine, but I'd love to see this book re-illustrated. Yes, please. Like, imagine what, like, a Caddy Nelson, a Chris Robinson, uh, Equa Holmes, like, we could get, like, if we got, like, a really good illustrator on this book, it could be so awesome. And it's weird to me that they, I guess, they wanted to preserve it in its original form, and I get that, but I think we need to take it a step further, and I think we need... We need a black auth illustrator to illustrate it. Someone who actually knows what Harlem looks like, for example. And I think it could be amazing if you did that. So we are advocating for new art. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Ratings time. So I gave it a seven. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I think it was interesting that it was never written from TJ's perspective, but it revolves around him. Mm -hmm. I am not a fan of the illustrations, but that's because they're not my style. Right, right. Um, I think a lot of inner city kids will, could relate to this story because of the big city experience, the people, the stream of consciousness. Um, it's definitely heartbreaking at times, but that's just because I'm looking at it from my white privilege bubble Mm -hmm. where I didn't have to see things like drug abuse or, you know, a man getting killed in the middle of the street. Like that was never in my line of sight when I was five, um, yeah, as I said, it doesn't really have a plot, but in a way it kind of does because it is the mind of a five-year-old and what he goes through in a day. Um, so that's that's why I gave it a seven. I think if it did have different illustrations, I would like it more because I just find them distracting. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't, again, as I said, they're not my style of art. So that's why I don't like it.
1: Yeah, they grew on me, the, the art. I, I'm not a huge fan of them. I don't think they detract necessarily, but I don't think they add. And I think if you could have an artist who added to the text. I yeah. think you could have a really good accompanying illustrator. I mean, you know, Jerry Pinckney was around at this time. Imagine if he'd taken on, you know, he did um, uh, the book we just did, Mirandi and Brother Wind you know oh. imagine if he'd taken this book yeah i mean he was he was basically around at this point so yeah i uh so i'm i'm, giving, I'm but i'm high i i think we're going to be 8.5 i don't usually go that high but i really think it's extraordinary particularly for its time um i think james baldwin really put his heart and soul into it he really wanted to write a great book well you can
0: tell cuz you know he wrote it about his nephew mm mm-hmm. And you can tell that it's, he cares about his family. I mean, yeah. he's writing about his nephew. His niece is indirectly, um, you know, part of it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I read in the afterward, uh, or I think it was the afterward where she said, you know, I've never owned up to it being me, but <laughs> I was always there watching. So yeah, she's kind of based
1: on me. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. So yeah, I, I think we can say it's a classic. Yes. It's a classic. Yay. Yay! all right letters time didn't get that many of them you'd think people had other things on their mind or something <laughs> uh, but we did get two. First one comes from mom uh and it comes from the fact remember we were talking about in the last book about chlorine and the horrible horrible things it does to fish <laughs> yeah well she says chlorine evaporates when your dad kept tropical fish he would fill the tank and then had to wait for this to happen Interesting thing about the introduction of chlorine to City's water. It's four minutes. Watching Won't Kill You. And then she has a link to a uh, an episode from PBS uh, about chlorine in the water. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. What the heck? Okay. Chlorine. <laughs> it's what's for drinking. Uh, Carolyn wrote as well. And... We had mentioned, I think, uh, science, she said, that, I sent this in response to your call for science picture books on the Fuse 8 and Kate podcast. Yeah, because
0: that was my original challenge
1: to you mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. week until I changed it. <laughs> right. Okay. So she responded uh, and she had some very good responses and I'm I'm going, you're not going to know any of these, but uh, she said, uh, it's perfectly normal or it's not the stork by Roby Harris, which she admits is probably too long, uh, but she would love to hear what you had to say about them. Uh, anything by gail gibbons mummy laid an egg by babette cole i know that book and yeah that's quite the book snowflake bentley it has a big shiny gold medal on it and tree of life or starry messenger by peter cease um though she is not sure if tree of life is old enough but starry messenger it is so thank you carolyn for those suggestions i will take them under advisement grown-up things we like so I watched uh, a
0: documentary on Netflix. It's called 13th. Have you heard of it? Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah. it's So it's named 13th because of the 13th Amendment, which is about um, slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, it explores the history of racial inequality in the U.S. And it focuses on our prison system and how it's primarily filled with African Americans. And it really ties into the Black... Lives Matter movement that's happening right now. I thought it was, I mean, I thought I knew a fair amount of information about the U.S.'s history about um, slavery and Jim Crow laws and uh, mass incarceration, but this takes it to a whole new level that I, I knew nothing about, including ALEC. Have you ever heard of ALEC, the organization that essentially, like, writes laws for lawmakers and they just have to put their name on it? It is, John Oliver actually did a whole segment on them, which I had no idea about because they actually, they mentioned that in the uh, Hmm. documentary. But anyway, it's like Hmm. hour 40 minutes. If you have Netflix, check it out. It's very well done. Um, It kind of made me sick to my stomach at times, but I feel like we're in a time where you have to have uncomfortable conversations and yeah, it's, it's a very poignant piece that I would recommend. It's called
1: 13th. Perfect, um, Because that goes along very well with what I was bringing up. So a lot of libraries have something called Canopy. Um, this is a streaming service. It does a lot of documentaries, um, a lot of films that you wouldn't see in major theaters and don't always even come out on DVD. And so I had made a list recently with a bunch of my librarians at my library. Um, and I wanted to see what kind of films did we have on Canopy that really sort of spoke to what's going on in the nation right now it has been going on for quite some time and i found the following films. so each of these films is available on canopy so if you have a local library find out if they have canopy and if they don't you might want to ask them to get canopy because here are some of the films you could see just for free streaming america after ferguson arresting power resisting police violence in oregon "Copwatch," an organization dedicated to filming the police every mother's son policing and race in america I Am Not Your Negro, which is a James Baldwin film, Let the Fire Burn, Tragedy in Philadelphia, Peace Officer, The Militarized State of American Police, Policing the Police, Profiled, The Mothers of Murdered Black and Latino Youth, P.S. I Can't Breathe, Black Lives Matter, and When Justice Isn't Just, Unarmed Police Incidents. All these films are available on Canopy. Cool. So if people want to inform themselves... That is a good way to do it.
0: Or if they want to listen to other classic children's books by African American creators that we've reviewed in the past, oh yes, um, you could listen to our episodes about the book Stevie, Why Mosquitoes Buzz in People's Ears, which I don't like. I have the memory of a goldfish, but I specifically remember the illustrations of that book yeah, and how Dylan's very cool they were. Yep. Um, Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters, Sam and the Tiger. Tyler and shit. um Miranda
1: and Brother Wayne which we just recently did that's right that's right. right yep cool well done. all right well then on that note I've been Betsy I'm Kate bye Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production you can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on twitter at Fuse underscore Kate you can follow us on instagram at Fuse 8 Kate that's Fuse number 8 Kate follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined Our music is by Kime and our sound technician is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.